I'm Shahar Azani, and in the news, CUNY Law School's anti-Israel sentiment is making headlines again. Fatima Musa Muhammad, a CUNY law student who was born in Yemen and raised in Queens, made a commencement speech at the school earlier this month, in which she chose to focus on Zionism, Israel's settler colonialism, and among other claims, blamed the entire NYPD of fascism, as well as claimed law in general is a manifestation of white supremacy. One of very few legal institutions created to recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. I want to celebrate CUNY Law as one of the few, if not the only law school, to make a public statement defending the right of its students to organize and speak out against Israeli settler colonialism. That this is the law school that passed and endorsed BDS on a student and faculty level. That as Israel continues to indiscriminately rain bullets and bombs on worshipers, murdering the old, the young, attacking even funerals and graveyards as it encourages lynch mobs to target Palestinian homes and businesses as it imprisons its children, as it continues its project of settler colonialism, expelling Palestinians, may it be the fuel for the fight against capitalism, racism, imperialism, and Zionism around the world. With me to discuss this very issue is Professor Jeffrey Lax. Lax is a CUNY professor of law, a department chair and co-founder of Students and Faculty for Equality at CUNY, hereby Safe CUNY. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on JBS today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you giving attention to this issue. It's so important. Absolutely. So let's start, first of all, with your background. How long have you been with CUNY? I've been full-time uh, 20 years. 20 and years. I, and I go back even further than that as an adjunct, and then I was a student there too. Wow, that's incredible. So that gives us a real opportunity to examine the trajectory of what's happening on campus today. Naturally, you know, even starting with referencing this commencement speech, but going backwards, have you always been active against anti-Semitism and this kind of hatred on campus? When did it start for you? This is not something I ever looked to get into, um, but when I started seeing it, when I, when I started coming across it, maybe seven, eight years ago, um, I felt a very profound obligation to do something about it, to say something about it, to act on it, because I come from Holocaust survivors. You know, for, for people like me who come from that generation, four Auschwitz survivors and eight grandparents, great-grandparents who were gassed to death by the Nazis, you know, people like me understand there's, it's not a choice. It's, it doesn't feel like a choice. That, I never felt like I had a choice but to do everything I can to make sure we never get anywhere even close to that again. And so scary and horrifying to feel like we are starting to get close to that. I mean, that's how I feel, actually, which is hard. I never thought that I would feel that way in my lifetime. And if we don't put a stop to it now, goodness gracious. I mean, Albert Einstein himself, a lot smarter than me, right, um, didn't, wasn't aware of the dangers until it was almost too late for him. And so we need to learn from that. You know, uh, you mentioned a few years ago, and I remember an instance, I believe it was in um, 2015 when I was walking, I believe it was right outside of Hunter College, 
and there was a demonstration against what was supposedly the issue of tuition hike and free tuition, but the chants outside, Jeff, were Zionists out of CUNY and yeah. long live the Intifada. And naturally, when you think about those words and, and as they protest money, we all know what comes to mind. Well, Zionist, uh, Zionism out of CUNY means me out of CUNY. It means get lax out of CUNY, get anyone like him out of CUNY. Um, I'm under investigation currently by CUNY for complaining about anti-Semitism. I'm not exaggerating. You, you are not, under investigation? Yes. CUNY has placed me under investigation. They hired a multinational, multi-million dollar conglomerate firm called Stone Turn to conduct an investigation against me. Why? Because I complained that BDS activists were put in charge of hiring anti-Semitism DEI officers. I filed that complaint on August 16th, 2022. The investigation against me stems from that exact date. They even say so. They didn't give me a copy of the complaint. Listen to this. America, 2023, amazing. They didn't give me a copy of the complaint. They didn't allow me to testify in my own defense. They didn't allow me to testify in my own defense. And I just found out from external court documents and a separate legal filing that the investigation was completed and handed into CUNY on February 28th, three months ago, three months ago, and they refused to give me the results of the investigation. Of the investigation. They refused to tell me whether I was found liable for complaining about anti-Semitism. That is scary. I, 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 am, I am speechless. And people who know me know getting me speechless is difficult. It's unbelievable. And have you received any response to your complaint about hiring those anti-Semitic officials? Well, they hired an, an external firm and they didn't allow my actual complaint to be investigated. They said they wanted to limit it to one part of the complaint. I was complaining about, we have EEOC substantiated claims against my campus that there was pervasive discrimination against Zionist Jews, against observant Jews. Events were held on Friday nights on purpose to exclude them. The EEOC substantiated all these claims and, um, and that they banned Orthodox and Zionist Jews from uh, faculty groups on our campus. So the EEOC substantiated all of my claims. The president of my campus for over two years now, since that decision has been issued by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, refuses to speak with me, refuses to have a conversation with me, won't meet with me, even though she's my direct, I'm a department chair. So she's my direct supervisor, but she won't speak to me. And she's been retaliating against me cruelly ever since. So the school decided they're not going to investigate the two years of retaliation she has promulgated viciously against me. And I can't even, I'm not even going to start it here, Shahar, because it is so sick what she has done to me over two years. They're not investigating that. They only want to investigate the end, the last thing I complained about. And I said, well, that's not enough. Of, that doesn't violate CUNY policies. It's one tiny uh, fraction of a fraction of the story. So it was a joke. And they and they filed their they filed their complaint against me in response to my complaint. And I said, that's another problem. I'm withdrawing, I'm withdrawing my complaint because you're retaliating against me for it. And they wouldn't let me withdraw it. So as far as I am aware, the investigation is in limbo because I they're not willing to investigate my actual complaint and they're investigating me for filing it.
I, I, I must admit, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm shocked. Is there no accountability at CUNY? Is this a, the wild, wild east? What's going on in that school? Impunity. Impunity. It's, it is, this is what impute, this, this is what it means to operate with total and complete impunity. The, the, we put out a report um, a couple of months ago, Safe CUNY, my group Safe CUNY did, that CUNY is the most systemically anti-Semitic university in the nation. And it's well-sourced. It's documented very thoroughly and deeply um, with a lot of information, a lot of detailed information. It comes from the, where it comes from, unfortunately, and why it's so bad. I'm going to skip right to the answer right away for you and your viewers. Why is it so bad at CUNY? Because the highest level people are anti-Semites themselves. The chancellor, Chancellor Felix Matos Rodriguez, he's not someone that's weak on anti-Semitism. For a lot of times, people were saying, well, you know, he's not handling the anti-Semitism. No, no, no. This is somebody who supports CARE. This is someone who says that CARE's values align with CUNY's. He has said that in writing on the record. He hired the former director of CARE Minnesota, which for your viewers who may not be aware of this, they know CARE. care. What they may not be aware of is CARE Minnesota is a, among the most extreme chapters, even within CARE. And they hired the person who was the political director of CARE Minnesota, who led the BDS movement for her chapter in Minnesota. She is in charge of discrimination across CUNY's 25 campuses. She is the top person. She's a chief diversity officer. She oversees anti-Semitism investigations. Shahar, wow. she was assigned to investigate my anti-Semitism complaint. And I said, what? I said, really? An avowed anti-Zionist is investigating my anti-Zionism claims, which is really, it was basically mostly based on anti-Zionism. For sure. Um, that's what's going on. It's impunity. I mean, listen, when people say Zionists, we all know what they mean. Zionists out of CUNY and Zionists are to blame for the tuition hikes. And just like uh, Fatima said in her speech, um, um, to give in to investors, you know, we know those keywords. We know exactly what they mean. Uh, and I'm absolutely shocked to hear all that you say. And let me ask you something. What has been your experience with the Jewish professional world, with le Jewish leaders out there have you received any kind of assistance from, from the outside supporting you in, in outreach, potentially through donors, through other organizations? Has anybody been there for you? There, there are some amazing groups. I mean, I love stopantisemitism.org. We work with them regularly. Stand With Us is amazing. The Lawfare Project is incredible. I, I hope I don't miss anybody. There are a couple of groups. How honest are we being with each other here? as honest as you can be, Jeff. So one of the best things that our group has going for us is that we don't have anything. We have no money. We have no funding. We have no high-level political connections. We have nothing. And you know what that gives us? The ability to say the truth, whatever we want, just right. because it's true. Right. So Hillel International, I'm going to call out the groups that have been an absolute, utter disgrace. Hillel International uh, collected $750,000 from CUNY for the past year to develop an anti-Semitism initiative across the 25 campuses. What has been the result of that? Well, what's happened since, let's look at what's happened since then. Since that time, Sally Abadala, the care director, has been hired in charge of all discrimination across CUNY. CUNY's discrimination portal has 
the Jerusalem, the care endorsed Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism on there, negotiated by Ina Vernikoff, who also polit- a do-nothing politician who had who came out guns a-blazing in the beginning, fighting anti-Semitism, but then not only does nothing, but gets cozy with the chancellor and then will only protect him and lie for him. So she negotiated this portal and she called it a his Ina Vernikoff, Councilwoman Vernikoff, called this a historic move to combat anti-Semitism. She called their discrimination portal a historic move to combat anti-Semitism. That is a, that's not just a lie. That is a disgrace to tell your Jewish constituents that a port, a discrimination portal that has Sally Abed Allah in charge of it, and that has the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism endorsed by CARE listed on it, and that was partially drafted by Peter Barnard, and she sends an email to her, she sends an email, this is on record, to her donors that this was a historic move to combat anti-Semitism. It does nothing to combat anti-Semitism. You know what it does? It enables anti-Semitism. Now, because I have no connections to these people, because I get no money from anybody, I can tell you the truth. People need to know the truth. Hillel was involved in the same negotiation. Hillel was involved in getting this done. Hillel has accomplished nothing but make the situation for Jews like me and the thousands like me. I'm not speaking on behalf of myself. I'm speaking on behalf of thousands of Zionist Jews. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, tell me, tell us about Safe CUNY for a minute. When did you establish that group and what have you done so far? Well, Safe CUNY was established really to protect Zionist Jews um, who have been historically and systemically discriminated against at CUNY. It's been going on for a long time. We, we really want to protect all Jews and all underrepresented classes. But the main focus really is on, you know, getting Zionist Jews included, not right. being excluded from conversations, not being told to get out of CUNY, as is happening now almost on a daily basis. The union says that. Um, the Graduate Center Union is saying that currently. Um, students are saying that certainly all the time. Um, and they don't, and, and and Jewish students you hear every day, they're scared to speak up. They're scared to speak up because they're they're scared about what's going to happen to them from their professor, from their fellow students. Um, on my campus, on my campus, there was a Kingsborough student who took a baseball bat and beat the living hell out of a out of a out of a man wearing a yarmulke, and he yelled, "Kill all Jews, free Palestine!" Wow. And the president of my campus, the one who's been retaliating against me for two years said nothing about it, not one word. It's our own student who did this. And she speaks out about every, every class. And I rec- and I commend her for that. When the George Floyd thing happened, she spoke out about it for the black community and I supported her. And I went on TV and I covered the George Floyd case and Derek Chauvin. And when Asian Americans were being attacked, she spoke out about it and I applauded her and I was with her. But when a Jew with a kippah is attacked with a baseball bat by one of our own students, she says nothing, not one word. What kind of a person who knows about, she can't claim she didn't know because I told her multiple times and I sent her news articles about the story. That is where we are. That is a scary place, Shahar. 
You know, I, I, I was I was just thinking about this, about the, you know, the recent speech, this uh, Fatima student who spoke the way she spoke and I listened, it took guts and it took a lot of patience for me to listen to all of that disgusting vitriol. And I was thinking to myself, if I'm a Jewish student sitting there listening to this, how do I feel? And quite honestly, I think I'd be afraid to be surrounded by that and all of the chants that accompanied her. And I thought to myself, what would have been the situation had she spoken out about, you know, against, let's say, African-Americans or against Asian-Americans or against any other minority group? It seems they can only get away with this when they do it to Jews. Yeah, because, because they separate everyone to oppressors or the oppressed. And Jews are no longer allowed to be in the oppressed category. So we are therefore all oppressors. And I got to tell you something. I, I'm speaking personally here. I can only speak for myself. Sure. From where I come from, I'm being honest with you. Not one time in my entire life have I considered myself white. Never. I never thought of myself as white. When, a, when, when I lived on the block that I lived in, in Staten Island, and this kid, this white kid named Keith used to beat me up every day walking home from the bus stop and said, you know, effing Jew, and used to punch me in the head, I didn't think of myself as white. When my grandparents, only one of them was comfortable talking about the Holocaust, but when she did, I never thought of myself as white. There is not, when I have application forms and, and the only choices are, you know, things that don't, that I don't feel apply to me, I'm very uncomfortable because I don't feel white. I am not white. I've never felt white. No one has ever treated me white ever. So this idea that I'm an oppressor, as if I, as if even my family somehow owned slaves, which is ridiculous. But, you know, Jewish people who come from my background never had any hand in any type of white supremacy, nor were we ever considered white. And yet I'm the white oppressor. You are um, at CUNY Law. CUNY Law faculty passed a, a boycott resolution against Israel. The students, uh, student uh, government body endorsed a similar resolution. We've heard the speaker last year at the commencement. We know of the speech that happened this year. What a, it doesn't get more hostile than this, doesn't it, Jeff? No, I, I'm not a CUNY, I'm not at CUNY Law. I'm at Kingsborough, but I do teach law classes. Right. I'm a law professor. I'm hired to teach exclusively law classes. Um, does it get much worse than this? Well, you know, in the, in the long list that you gave when you introduced this segment about the horrible things that Fatima Muhammad said, uh, there's still more to yeah, cover. She, right. also, she also said that the American military should be defunded. Right. Let's think about that for a minute. Right. What does that mean? that the American military should be defunded. What, what, where does that put us as a nation? It puts us with no nation. So what is she really advocating for? She's advocating, let's be honest, she's advocating for the complete and total destruction of the United States of America. But that, that's what we're seeing, that these anarchist groups, when they stand up with their anti-Semitic vitriol against Israel and the Jews, many a time it coincides with their animosity towards the very existence of these United States of America. It's very Absolutely. true. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what else stood, um, stood out to me was the fact that she's of Yemeni origin. She proclaims on stage how proud she is of her origin and how people in Aden are, are cheering for her yet she completely ignores the fact that Iran has destroyed Yemen in the past few years, rendering tens of millions of people to hunger, poverty, diseases, death, and being continuous displaced from one place to another over these few years. And yet 
the word Iran never comes out of her mouth. That's right. Incredible, incredible hypocrisy and derangement to a degree that leads to such blindness of the world. Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Because this is not... Um, this is not an ethical code. This is not a, a legitimate, genuine moral belief system. All this is is a strategy. That's all it is. And people have to see this type of speech for what it is. It is just a strategy. It's a strategy to align as many people as they can, as many groups as they can, against Jewish people, against, I would also say at this point, all white people, against capitalism, against freedom. Uh, in support of really they're Marxists. They're not just communists, they're Marxists. And that's important because Marxism specifically is extraordinarily anti-Semitic. I mean, Karl Marx wrote the essay on the Jewish question, or I forgot the exact title. And a, a lot of times as a test, I'll take out a line from Karl Marx's essay on the Jews and I'll put it on Twitter and I'll say, who said this, Hitler or Marx? And people will guess Hitler. And it's usually not, it's usually Marx. You know, Marx calls money the god of the, the evil god of the Jews um, and says so many crazy things like that. And so there's a reason why they're Marxists. You know, people at my campus celebrate Marx's birthday on Facebook. We see this stuff. They'll post big celebrations on Karl Marx's birthday. Why Karl Marx? Why not any other communist? And I really truly do believe it's because that rooted in Marxism specifically is the destruction of Judaism. Well, how dangerous do you think her speech is? And what does it teach you? What does it tell you about the, the direction in which CUNY law is headed? Very dangerous. Very, that, that is um, the worst commencement speech I've ever heard. I've been doing this 20 years full time. That's the worst commencement speech I've ever heard. The most vile language I've ever, there's a reason why this is going viral, and so many people are so angry about this um, because it reveals a few things. It reveals that it reveals a, a real agenda that's so scary. It reveals an agenda to get rid of Jews. That's really what it does. And it reveals an agenda to implement Marxism and, like you said, complete anarchy with the ends of the total destruction of the United States. I mean, th there is no other way to take her speech than advocacy of destroying the United States of America. There's no other way to take it. No matter how you listen to it, when you talk about the military not shouldn't be funded and law right. enforcement shouldn't be funded, there's only one way to read that. So it is the Jeff, scariest. Yeah. Jeff, faculty was sitting on stage next to her. There were adults in the room, yet none of them, against this tsunami of hatred and animosity, None of them did anything rather than clap like, I pardon my French, useful idiots, um, without even saying a word in, in what is clearly a teachable moment where the microphone should have been taken even after, even if they chose not to interrupt her and say something against this hatred. There are people in the audience, students of whom you spoke, who should have been intimidated to their core as a result of what is a clear and direct threat to their very well-being. Why hasn't that happened? Yeah, I, I listen, I can't say it much better than you just did. Um, I wouldn't describe them, though, as useful idiots. I would describe them as evil people. And the reason why I say that is these are not typical faculty members. 
These are members of the bar. These are attorneys. These are attorney professors. These are academic legal scholars. So this is not just a typical sociology teacher on a random college campus. These are people who understand the, the limits of the First Amendment. The first, listen, I'm not a First Amendment expert, but I know enough about the First Amendment as a lawyer. So imagine what they know. These are some of these people on the stage were constitutional law experts. For them not to understand the line between inciting violence and free speech is truly scary. And the message it sends is it's okay to cross that line into inciting violence. She called for rage against Zionists, right? Let's remember that. She called for rage against Zionists and she called for rage against capitalism. And I would submit to you that a lot of academic lawyers would say to that, that is incitement to violence. And if someone gets hurt, there's liability there. And these law professors, let it not be forgotten, these are law professors sat there and like you said, applauded. So it wasn't just disgusting. It wasn't just nauseating. It was downright dereliction of duty that should subject that school to liability if something bad happens out of this. Which is why um, your work is super important because what we've seen over the past few years, the chants I mentioned were on the street in 2015. And clearly over the past few years, we've seen this kind of venom penetrates and trickles into the very establishment of CUNY now manifesting itself at its best, hopefully. Hopefully, I have to tell you, Joe, uh, Fatima has made a strategic mistake in showing her cards in such a clear and blatant manner in the hope that finally the alarm that you've been trying to sound in the last few years will finally be heard without personal repercussions to you, but with your leadership inside of the system to try and bring about the change from within. And at this point, because we're reaching the end of a very interesting conversation, Jeff, um, I want to ask you, how do you see the future? Where do we go from here? I say this with a heavy heart, okay? We don't have the numbers. Jews have never had the numbers. We just don't. That's a harsh reality. This battle is going to be won in the courts, if it's going to be won at all. But I say something else with, with a much even heavier heart, and that is this. Jewish organizations have to stop letting us down. When you have, and I'm not going to name, I'm not going to start naming all the ones that I'm so disappointed in, but I named one already. When you have Jewish organizations who are covering for CUNY, who lie for CUNY, who say things that are not true just to ingratiate themselves and ingratiate their positions of power that they have with top leaders and politicians in New York City and even above, the, possibly the federal level, that's the end of the Jewish people. That's the end. If we don't stand, if people are not brave enough to stand up and tell our own Jewish leaders enough, this ends now. You cannot be covering for anti-Semitism. Then we are finished. The only way we can save ourselves is by saving ourselves, saving ourselves. And there are there are some Jewish organizations. That CUNY, you know, CUNY, for example, I know how CUNY works very well. I've learned a lot over the past number of years. They know which Jewish organizations to go to that will cover for them. Let me say that again. That's crazy. Think about that. They know exactly which Jewish organizations will go along with whatever they want to do just to have that relationship. 
That should nauseate any Jewish person listening to this interaction we're having today. And it has to end. We have to tell those leaders, enough, stop it. Don't gaslight your own people, because that's what always leads to these most horrible of circumstances that we've all seen uh, happen in the past century. I, I can't even take the verb and move it in the direction that my mind is going in. I, all I'm, all I'm going to say is um, thank you so much, Jeff, for your leadership and for all that you're doing. And I really do share your hope that Jewish organizations will leave the blue square and enter reality where fight should make a difference on the ground and Jewish students, and I dare say Zionist students, can walk with their heads held high, not being exposed to not only threats, but also acts of violence. You're incredibly brave. Uh, we support Thank you. And I just want to say that we here at JBS will continue to monitor the situation and fight the good fight, keeping the world updated about your very important struggle that's so meaningful to all of us, not just to you, Jeff. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us. And please don't, don't just keep up the great fight against this vile wave of hatred, but also keep us posted about all that you do. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for those words. And to you, our viewers, I'd like to thank you for joining us and to hearing this very important update and make sure to keep yourself informed about all that's happening out there and make your voices heard, just like Jeff and his group is on the ground, so that all who need to listen to these voices must listen before we reach a dire, dire situation. Thank you all for joining us to this yet another ITN, shedding light on all the important issues of the day. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's acting CEO, Dara Golub, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Until next time, shalom and lehitaot. See you soon.